BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. What's up, everybody? I'm Greg Eskridge, and of course, I'm coming from the San Quentin side of the program. Down in the studio today, got some smiling faces with me today, so go Ooh. ahead and introduce yourself. It's me, Tom Tran. Edmund Richardson. How y'all doing? Edmund Richardson. Mm. <laughs> Tom, yeah. we got something special for the people today, something man. real, real special. So, today is the day before Edmund's wedding day. Yes, sir. Ooh-wee. And, and Edmund, I'm so, I'm so happy, bro. I'm so happy for you, man, because I can look at you. <laughs> I can, I can, Tom, can't you just see the, hey. look at him, man. Don't he just... He looks like a husband. He does. Doesn't he, he look like a husband? He has wow. that look, man. Yeah, you have a husbandy look, man. You look like you just been waiting to get wife down. <laughs> That's an excerpt from Uncuffed, a podcast focused on intimate stories made by people behind bars in California prisons. It's produced by public radio station KALW in San Francisco. I'm Sasha Koka, and this week on the California Report magazine, we're sharing one of our favorite episodes from the new season of Uncuffed. It starts out in the media center at San Quentin Prison on the day before Edmund's wedding. I really want tomorrow to go to go perfect. I think I'm more nervous meeting her mom for the first time. Ooh, wow, Mama, meet mom. So those first. those first impressions is everything. And I know I'm going to do well reading the vows, the like, the whole ceremony. But it's like, what's that first conversation going to be like with her mom? Is she going to like me? What you so, think? So what What? So what? So what part do you feel insecure about, for lack of a better word? Like, what do you think the mom might not like about you? I mean, the fact that I'm in prison. Mm. <laughs> That's the truth. And her daughter chose me out of every man in the world to marry. Wow. Wow. I can only imagine what a mother mother is going through right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, mom, I'm about to get married. Probably excited. Like, to who? This guy that's in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, it's funny, but that's that's literally what it is, bro. It is. I'm not about to go marry a a doctor or Mm. lawyer or this pillar of the community I'm marrying someone who committed a crime and who is incarcerated wow. not only incarcerated but serving a long time right 
A life sentence. A life sentence, man. Wow. So, Evan, so I have a question. I have a question. Go so ahead, man. It's the day before your wedding. What are you doing to prepare for this wedding? Hey, yeah, but Evan looks sharp, man. So I'm, I'm waiting. So I got my clothes ironed. I'm so prepared. Mm. Like, I'm so prepared. I'm so ready for this moment. There's just one last thing that I have to do. And that's something that you suggested to me yesterday was adding a paragraph just about who she is and what she means to me and the impact that she's had on my life. In your vows. In my vows. Absolutely. I've been seeing you've been practicing your vows for like more than a week now. And it's bananas to me just watching you like this I just been seeing you just head down, focus, typing, retyping, and finally yesterday I'm like, bro, you've been working on this thing for like a week, bro. Let me let me let me get a bar of these vows, man. Right, 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 right. <laughs> let me get a bar of this thing, man. Like you seem so intense. Yeah. I said, like, man, I gotta get a sample, man. I don't care if I'm the best man I'm here today of. And then you read it for me, and I swear to God, I teared up, bro. I felt like I was getting married. I felt like you was going to try to propose to me or something. I was like, man, this is too good, man. This is fire. And it's crazy. Just being incarcerated and having this big moment, like all the things you do to prepare and all the things you can't do to prepare, you know? Yeah. It's hard to be incarcerated and tell someone that you love them mm. and have them genuinely believe it. I do feel limited because of my incarceration. There are things that I genuinely can't give her. But what I can do is let her know that I'm working towards my freedom so I am able to give her the world. It, it, it does take, like, there has to be something special about someone who is incarcerated and can still reach out into the world and find love. Mm. Like love, like there are a lot of things that 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 just cannot get inside of a prison, right? But love seems to be one of those things that can get through any crevice, through get through any barbed wire, mm. any security fence salt rifle it doesn't matter <laughs> love will truly find its way man my fiance asked me a couple weeks ago how do you know I'm the one mm. and I really sat there and just thought about it and I didn't have no profound answer. But I it was like a feeling. Like I just, I just know. I just know. <laughs> and she was not content with that answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm not, say, I'm not, I'm content, not content with, that, with that, man. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I just know. So they stopped saying that 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's like something that I can't put into words. Like, when I look at you, I know that I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Mm. When you are ready to make a commitment, you just know. During my 
10 and a half years incarcerated, I've been more familiar with heartbreak than mm. with love in here, right? So to hear you're getting married, for me, it brings up all this joy for you. But when I reflect on myself and my experiences with relationships since I've been incarcerated, like I get kind of scared. Like, how do you deal with that? Like, don't do you even feel even a little bit afraid that she might eventually just say, I can't do this no more? That, oh, I don't want to be your wife anymore, or I can't ride this bit with you anymore? Like, do these feelings come up for you? Because I know they came up for me. And uh, and it was a root of a lot of, a lot of my heartbreak. No, that's that's a good question. I think for me, kind of like you, I just had relationships, breakups, heartbreaks. And there was a point where, like, I just gave up on love completely. Mm. I don't want to do this. It's not for me. Like, what's the point of me, like, even trying to nurture and cultivate a relationship in prison? I know that it's going to, I know that it's going to fall. Mm. It's going to fall apart. But with this relationship, I think I think I really just want to say it's something that we built together over time. Mm. And it hasn't mm-hmm. always been peaches and cream. Mm. Like we've had our moments where those thoughts came up. Like, I don't have the energy. I do not have the time to put into this relationship. Mm. Go through just the daily stresses of being in a relationship. However... Being able to communicate my needs, especially in relationships, is hard for me to like open up and express how I feel and like be vulnerable with a woman. I feel like it's easier for me to do that with a man than with a woman because I always feel like there's going to be some type of judgment and I'm going to be viewed as being weak. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when and I, I never got that from her. Every time that I was vulnerable and told her my needs and communicated what I was going through, regardless of what it was, like she held that space for me. Wow. Vice versa. I was able to hold that space for her. I was, I was able to recognize that I'm not perfect. She's not perfect. Can we agree to step into this relationship and be fearless to grow together, regardless the outcome. And that's what we've been doing since day one, man. That's beautiful. And we've built like a strong foundation that I feel is unbreakable. Man. That's beautiful. I've never heard it put that way. So just hearing you say that, I just, it really moves my soul, man. Cause, uh, that stuff that I always dreamed about, man, of right. uh, my relationship looking like, just like what you have right now. Yeah. I love that. I just want to say uh, tomorrow's your big day, but I just want to say for the record, I feel like she the lucky one because she yeah, gets to have I'm my saying. dog Evan. Yeah, I'm just man. saying, you know, all shout outs yeah. to Avelina. She's an incredible woman, but Evan, you are an incredible human being and she is blessed. Yeah. She is blessed to have an amazing man like you.
wedding day, man. Do you, so do you have any jitters? I'm nervous right now. I haven't ate nothing. I haven't drank no coffee, but I'm shaking like a motorbike. We're just now leaving the studio. Me, Edmund, and Tom, we're going up there to the, to the visiting room. You're looking good. You're shining like new money. I see you got your Stacey Adams on. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? How to, got to dress and impress. Evan, so how did you sleep last night? Stayed up late last night. Going over my vows. Went to sleep about 11, 11.30. Got up early in the morning. Just with this day on my mind. But I slept... I, I feel energized. I, I feel I feel rested. I feel at peace. Well, Edmund, we're in the courtyard right now, and uh, we're about 30 feet away from the visiting room, man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally 30 feet away, man. So I'm ready. Regardless of the anxiety, I'm just going to use that as positive energy to get me through this, man. And I got y'all with me, so I know everything's going to be good. You got me nervous. I'm <laughs> nervous. I'm nervous for you. Why are you nervous? And I'm nervous because you're nervous. I'm nervous because this is a big day. I know this is a this is a huge moment, man. Yeah. It's your last chance to uh, <laughs> turn around. <laughs> What's that called? One Ray. <laughs> Runaway groom. That's not gonna happen today. All right. We are now inside of the visiting room. So let's see where we're gonna. Why is it so dark in here? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's pause for a second. The vision room is not normally this dark. So let me explain to you how it truly is on the weekend. Walking into the vision room here at San Quentin, the first thing you're gonna see is a bunch of people walking around, little children running around. I mean, this place is packed. On the far other end of the vision room, there's a vending machine area where people go in and buy their popcorn and their chicken wings and their soda pops and water. And right across from the vision room, uh, from the vending machine area, is the kids' room. There are children's games, children's books. You have mothers and fathers and grandfathers. Just family. It's just a really great family scene. So the process of getting married is definitely not easy inside of prison. First of all, you have to find someone willing to marry you. You fill out about 10 sheets of paper, send it to your spouse, and then your spouse sends it back to a wedding coordinator. And her job is to coordinate all the marriages here in San Quentin Prison. And you can get married anytime you want, as long as it's on a Friday morning. Now, when a person gets married, they can usually bring in approximately five people who were actually approved on their visiting list to come in and witness the wedding. Now, when it comes down to the ceremony, there's actually someone here to officiate it. And they're going to have a binder. And within this binder, you're going to have options of the ceremony you may want. So you can say you want a Christian wedding, whatever it is you want. 
he's going to turn to that page and the ceremony is going to begin. They have asked that we gather today so you might share with them the special moment as they join lives together in marriage. Marriage is the partnership born from the deep love bond of two people who've decided to build their lives together. A family is a collective working together to create and build life. Caring for one another, finding a way to prosper together, all done with love, truth, and trust. We are here there to today then to witness the bonding of Evelyn and Edmund. Start with a vows here. Edmund Warren Richardson, my intelligent, my driven, my most favorite person. You make love feel so effortless. There's nothing that could make me happier than standing before you today, knowing that I get to become your wife, because I know the commitment you place on marriage, and I know that today you're choosing me for life. Your love has taught me unbelievable resilience. Your love has shown me that no matter what unimaginable injustice life throws at us, that we will be okay. Your love has shown me we can withstand the ups and the downs. Together, your passion, your determination, and your commitment have kept us together. And my goal has always been just to keep up with you so I would never have to be without you again. I promise to protect you and make sure every single day you know your life matters, because it does. I'll stand with you in this fight and whatever comes next. <laughs> I promise to always watch Saturday Night Live with you and, <laughs> and even to laugh when I don't understand the jokes. And I wrote all of this and realized I'm not even sure these are vows. Sometimes I'll be scared and sometimes I'll be brave, but I'll always be there for you. <laughs> That's your turn. Avelina, you asked me, how do you know I'm the one? I responded, it is not a feeling, it is not something that I could put into words, but it's a deep-seated knowing. A knowing that I believe is divine in nature that came from a prayer answered. I was at a point in my life where I had given up, lost hope in my future, in love, in any meaningful relationships. It, it was one sleepless night, me alone with my thoughts, pleading with God for someone like you. A outspoken, smart and beautiful woman who is full of life. Someone who knows her faults and is willing to face them. I see you, all of you. I vow to be your safe space in times of need. You are the love of my life. You are my best friend. <laughs> and I love you so much. You will now seal your promises to each other by the giving and receiving of the rings. Evelyn, repeat after me. Edmund. Edmund. I give. I do, with this ring, I join my life with yours. With this ring, I join my life with yours. Edmund, repeat after me. Evelyn, with this ring, I join my life with yours. Evelina, <laughs> with this ring, I join my life with yours. By the power vested in me by the state of California, I now pronounce you husband and wife. I now ask you to seal the promises you have made with each other this day with a kiss.
your daughter just got married. Tell me, tell, talk about that. I, I didn't expect it to be this emotional, but it was beautiful. Um, very untraditional, but beautiful. I think Edmund brings the calm to her storm. So as long as Edmund can be that peace, um, she will um, she will be there for him, and they can survive. Yeah, love um, love definitely finds its way. I see. I see your emotional mom. I mean, what <laughs> what is uh, what is what is bringing what is bringing those emotions to you? Um, just the fact of um, what Edmund's going through. Yeah, because we leave, but he has to stay. My name's Avelina Richardson now, <laughs> and um, I got married to Edmund, who's a part of this podcast today. <laughs> the, when Edmund and I first started corresponding, I think I was like, this man is crazy because he, one of his first letters, he was like, when I'm released, you can meet me at the gate and we can get married that day. Um, thanks. And I was like, who is this person who he was just like really straightforward. And I think I was like really surprised and confused at how somebody thought that we were going to get married. <laughs> and now we are married, but <laughs> I think when we first started corresponding, I told him he sent me like a visiting form and I was like, Oh, I'm not going to visit you actually. <laughs> um, because I spent a lot of time visiting my dad and my brother and I know like what having the like the weight of a life sentence means. And then when we started becoming like romantically involved, I think I thought a lot about what I was taking on because being with somebody who's incarcerated is heavy and I wanted to make sure that I was able to hold what it meant and be like supportive of Edmund and also still sustain who I am out here. We had started talking about getting married in 2021. I knew that it was going to happen during visiting, but I didn't know anything about when. One day I went to go buy something out of the vending machines and he started like walking towards me at the vending machines. And I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, cause there's like an out of bounds line. And he just kept walking towards me. And then he like got on one knee and proposed to me. Yeah, I had no idea and it was really special because I've always told Edmund that I wanted to be proposed to like in private and there's really not a way to do that in the visiting room, but he made it like as private and as special and like a moment between just us. Um, he did that as much as he could and it was really special and sweet. <laughs> my ring Edmund picked out with one of my best friends. Yeah, and then the ring I gave Edmund, um, I have another brother who passed away and it was his ring. And um, I think he would have really loved Edmund a lot. Edmund was like, when we started corresponding one time, he was like, so have you Googled me? And I was like, no, why would I do that? <laughs> um, then he told me that he had a life sentence after that. And I think his like earliest eligible parole date was like 2034. And that's still what it is. It's still pretty far away. I, I think I had to work through that on my own, but I accepted it. 
Uh, I think when you imagine your wedding when you're really young, you don't imagine it in a place like this. But I think that I still feel like really in love and really happy. And I feel like this overwhelming like sense of just like comfort because I know I just like made a decision with my person. And if you know who Edmund is, then you know Edmund deserves to be free. And yeah, I I know that he will be. Swept the last time we walked up this hill, walked up that door, you're getting ready to get married. Now we're on our way out and you are a married man. How do you feel? I feel amazing right now. I just know that uh, I made the right choice. She made the right choice. And we stepped into this, this adventure together and we're gonna see it all the way out to the end. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm in good spirits right now. I'm feeling good. We're walking down the hill, we see beautiful skies. It's just a beautiful day, man. Yeah. Normally in a traditional wedding, you know, the the the, the bride and the groom, they go off together, right off into the sunset. How does it feel, <laughs> you know, you're you're coming back into this institution and your wife is leaving? The institution leaving you instead of you guys leaving together how does that feel sad because from beginning to end the whole ceremony was about 20 minutes they gave us some extra time so we can do some interviews and um get some photos and then then you're just pushed out the door I hear the geese. The geese is singing a song for you, wedding song for you. He's like, yeah. As <laughs> soon as he sees you, he got the barking. My boy, my boy just got married. <laughs> All right, now we're back in the back in the media center again. Walking through the newsroom, getting ready to go around the corner. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. We got Jesse Catnall. Congratulations, Woo! You're a man now, boy. We love you. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's Edmund, y'all. It's Edmund. It's great, man. It's great. I had a good ass time. Her, her, her wedding vows really touched me. Um, it was good to meet her mom. I'm kind of. It was kind of fast too. I didn't really get to sit there and enjoy the moment like I wanted. But overall, what I got was enough just because love was in the room. Mm. So I'm happy, I'm excited. Um, I feel like a, like Jesse said, when I walked in, I feel like a brand new man. Uh, <laughs> They're pouring rice on me right now, y'all. We love you, Edmund. It's already cooked, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cooked, fool. We wanted to throw soggy rice on you.
That was an episode from the new season of the podcast Uncuffed, produced by the crew inside San Quentin Prison, Tommy Shakur Ross, Edmund Richardson, Tan Tran, and Greg Eskridge. Thanks to the team at KLW Public Radio, Nina Gensler-Debs, Angela Johnston, Eric Abercrombie, James Rollins, and Eli Wertschafter. Uncuffed the music by David Jossie. And a special thanks to Avelina and Carla for being a part of this episode. The California Report magazine is a production of KQED in San Francisco. Our team includes Victoria Maleon, Susie Racho, Brendan Willard, and Jessica Carissa. I'm Sasha Coca. Thanks so much for listening. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.